Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dives for it, and that's how the game ends with a sensational diving catch in left center by the man who has driven in five tonight. It is a night for Joshua Palacios and Bailey Falter, and that's how it ends. 11-1, the Pirates pummel the Cardinals. The Pirates get the job done against St. Louis, something that has not been very common for the Buccos this year, but also has them for St. Louis because at this point in time, it's looking as if the Pirates will indeed finish ahead, at least at this point, of the St. Louis Cardinals for the first time since 1999. St. Louis is bad. Uh, really bad. 55-71, and 71, last place in the NL Central. It was just pure dominance for the Buccos yesterday. Two runs in the first. Two in the third, four in the fourth, three in the eighth. Just continue to add on, continue to pile on. It was good to see Bailey Falter come out, pitch six innings, three hits allowed, struck out eight in relief of Thomas Hatch, who acted as the opener. A bunch of guys that on the opening day roster you would have never expected to be on this team. Falter was acquired from Philadelphia in the trade for Rodolfo Castro. Hatch went three innings, two hits, no runs. He got a strikeout involved with one walk as well as a 287 ERA. But it was Josh Palacios who was practically playing because Henry Davis is hurt. A little bit more on Davis in a bit. But for Palacios, two hits, two for four on the day, scored twice, drove in five, had the game-winning catch, hit a home run, the three-run shot, And what's really cool about the whole entire thing is that his brother, Richie Palacios, pinch hit and played second base for the St. Louis Cardinals. And I don't know, one thing that's just always catches my eye in baseball and which is so cool about sports in general is when you can share these type of moments, when you can share these type of memories with your own blood. And that's just something that really, for me, is something that, you know, you see it a couple times. We see it with Joey Porter and Joey Porter Jr. The Steelers are just the biggest advocates for brothers playing on the same team. Derek and TJ Watt. They almost convinced J.J. Watt to play for the team. You can look at multiple different other aspects. Cam Hayward, Connor Hayward, Nick and Nate Herbig, where... You know, sports is family, and the competition helps to drive each other. And I'm not saying that this is why Josh Palacios played as well as he did yesterday, but you really just, you love to see it. And 
it's the positivity and, you know, sports can be a really negative aspect for people to continuously gripe when the Pirates are playing as bad as they are and really with no end in sight as they just keep losing series after series after series. They're not getting completely trounced in some of these series. I, I think back to Atlanta when it ended up being a split at PNC Park, 2-2 in that series against the team that many think is going to go to the World Series and it's definitely the best in the National League, probably the best in all of Major League Baseball right now, with a core that is under contract literally throughout the decade. And the Pirates were competitive. If it wasn't for David Bednar being overworked and overused, the team probably would have won three out of four. Maybe even more so than that. So the whole thing regarding where the team stands right now with the young players and pitchers you've never heard of making starts... Guys that have been either DFA'd and recall or recalled from the minor leagues. Long shot guys that are now getting their opportunity and getting their chances. That's kind of the case here with Palacios. And to see him to be able to battle it out against his brother. Saw the picture on the field beforehand. There's just something about the city of Pittsburgh and all these brothers. Whether they're playing against each other, they're playing with each other. I don't know, it's just really cool for me to be able to see. But Palacios, again, was playing because... Henry Davis is hurt. Henry Davis is banged up. And you got to wonder what's going to happen with Davis. This IL stint at the same time could be partially to try to get him back to where he needs to be. And you just can't really like what's going on with Davis when he's hitting 213 as the number one pick in the 2021 draft. Five home runs, 18 RBIs. He struck out 48 times. And he has just not been good as of late. He doesn't have a hit since August 14th. 0 for 5 against the Mets. 0 for 4 against Minnesota. 0 for 3 against Minnesota on the 18th and the 20th. He isn't consistently driving the ball. He hasn't homered since August 4th. He's only driven in two runs since August 9th. Henry Davis hasn't been great, and Ben Charrington on Sunday during his radio show talked about it. This was before he went on the IL on Monday. How about Henry Davis? His hitting uh, since he had those two home runs off Shohei Otani, roughly in that time, uh, he has had a, a long go of it. Now, that first long stretch in the big leagues is not hitting so great. So, what what are you seeing from him, and how does he bust out of it? Yeah, well, it's, it's a couple things. Um, you know, there have been quite a few hard hit balls that have been outs, so he's had a little bit of bad luck during that time. Um, and then the other thing is just, you know, teams in the major leagues, they're going to game plan, you know, and, um, and, and that's going to happen. And then especially if you hit two home runs off Otani, then, you know, that's going to get teams' attention and they're going to dig into that deeper. So that's that cat and mouse thing. You know, teams adjusting to him. He's going to have to adjust back. He'll do that. He's as hard a worker as they come. Um, so... Not worried about Henry uh, as a hitter. Uh, he'll conti- you know he continues to have he continues to compete in the at bats and grind and um, he'll be fine. He's he's learning a lot you know all at once at the major leagues with the with the new position with what pitchers are trying to do to him. Um, but you know the one thing we all aside from the talent, you just never have to even worry a minute about how hard he's working at it. So uh, that that will over time take over. The sentiment about all these guys, at least, that's been publicly addressed from Ben Jarrington, from Derek Shelton, has been that there is no real points of concern. 
Now, Henry Davis came up in the middle of June. Andy Rodriguez, middle of July. Quinn Priester, right around that same time as Andy. Priester's been bad. ERA over nine. Had to go back to the minor leagues. One thing that I picked up on watching one of the games this year and talking about it on the Pirates broadcast, that a lot of these guys, I mean, it's just the reality of baseball. Once you get called up, it's very rare to see you not go back down. Now, I'm not trying to suggest that Henry Davis has to go back down to AAA, back down to the minor leagues to have to figure anything out. But this is not the Cincinnati Reds burst of explosion of young talent and just complete and utter excitement that comes with it that many people expected, that many people hoped for, that many people wanted to see and, frankly, were clamoring for and thought that they'd get one Cincinnati not that far away in your own division who sucked last season just like you did and was in contention to potentially get the number one overall pick that the Pirates did to get Paul Skeens, who is the future of this team and who is the biggest hope that this team has had since Garrett Cole was selected number one overall. You truly, truly got to think, got to wonder, is this, do the Pirates really believe this? Or are they really worried and concerned? Or are they just trying to play the narrative that everything is going to be okay? And are really, in all honesty, kind of like us and crossing their fingers. Kind of hoping that this is just kind of an aberration. But the frustrating thing is, it's everybody. None of these young guys are going out there and dominating. Like some of the guys, McLean, TJ Friedel, who I know is older, about 28, as a younger, as an older rookie, I should say. L.A. De La Cruz has been up and down, but a lot of ups involved there. And it doesn't help when O'Neill Cruz, your best star bat, has been out since Easter. But I do wonder if the Pirates are, I wouldn't say lying to themselves. I don't know if they're lying to us. I don't think they're lying to anybody. But I do wonder how much they really do believe right now about Henry Davis. They're fine. It's just the approach. Derek Shelton loves to pound the table on young players. And it seems like he just discredits them from the accolades that either they have in the minor leagues or the status that many view them as to where the point where they come up to the the major leagues and it's all all about all young players. We're dealing with a lot of young players. We can't run the bases well. Uh, We're making outs on the bases because they're young players or we can't get a bunt down their young players. This is baseball we're talking about. They're not, this is not their first year of pro ball. They're not high school kids. I just don't understand why... When Derek Shelton continues to hammer home their young players in the major leagues, they're still 24, 25, yeah, some 22 and 23. But we're not talking about 18-year-old kids here. Like, they've played baseball. They've gotten drafted, a lot of them. Henry Davis, first-round pick. Quinn Priester, who can't locate, first-round pick. Andy Rodriguez, high-tooled prospect throughout the last couple years. That was acquired from the New York Mets organization. Nick Gonzalez, first-round pick. Oyover Peguero, the signature guy that the Pirates got back in Ben Charrington's first deal in the Starling Marte trade. It's just, 
That's what I think this Pirates organization needs to do. Take a breath, really reassess. And I'm not trying to say that they should come out and say, oh, we're really panicked. We're concerned about Henry Davis. We're concerned about some of these other guys. But Paul Skeens, who will be pitching on Saturday in Altoona, it seems like they're keeping a little bit of a hands-off approach. They're going to let Paul Skeens be Paul Skeens. They're going to let him do his thing. And I'm excited for that. And it can't just be one guy, especially one guy that pitches every five days to be able to turn this thing around. But Skeens is the type of leader that the Pirates could use. He's the type of guy that won't take crap from anybody. He is confident. He's got everything going for him right now. You heard him on with the PM team on Friday last week. He will be in Altoona. I cannot wait to see it. Very excited to see what Skeens brings to the table. And I just don't think that he's going to have these same types of struggles. But if he does... I'm really curious to see if the Pirates do the same exact thing. Oh, he's a young pitcher. Oh, there's some learning curves that go through with the major leagues. And I'm not saying that the major leagues isn't different than the minor leagues or that there's no different mentality either when you get to the majors, but the continued narrative in the adage they're young players, they can't get a bunt down, they can't run the bases. That's something that's fundamental baseball. That's what you learn in high school, in college, in organized baseball, in A-ball is what is worked on. So I just don't understand why that is just such a big point of emphasis that it has to be worked on because it's so fundamentally sound baseball in that regard. But the Pirates got the job done yesterday, 11-1. to It's just an adage of how bad St. Louis is. Adam Wainwright pitches today. He's got an ERA of 8. He should have just retired last season with Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols. And it's just... Why do you just want to hold on and hold on and just try to continue to go with your career when you know, everybody knows, it should just come down to its conclusion. Adam Wainwright is very close to hitting a milestone in wins, 300 wins. And I guarantee you he's going to find a way against Oviedo to potentially get the job done today. Because that's just what Adam Rainwright does against the Pirates. All his career, all his life, whether it be PNC Park or Bush Stadium, he's dominated the Buccos. But we'll see how it goes as a controversy surrounding the Pirates' young players. There's another controversy in the city surrounding the offense, surrounding running backs, and what to do with that. Jalen Warren or Najee Harris, why can't you have both? The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. I'm Austin Bechtel. That's coming up next. Family Morning Show, 937 The Fan. We came in with a plan. Uh, talk to Coach Steve. We started camp. You know, I'm just alone. Follow Coach Steve. Whatever he said, go. So how much do you stick to the plan? I'm Austin Bechtel with you. It's The Fan Early Morning Show on this Tuesday, the 22nd of August, as football in the Steel City on Saturday went about as according to plan as it really could with the Steelers' first-team offense scoring at will against Buffalo's first-team starters. The defense looked great against Josh Allen. The offense, right out of the gate, came out 
scored a touchdown. Jalen Warren, over 60 yards on his touchdown run. And it sparks the conversation of Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. This has been something that's been going back, obviously, to last season. Partly because Najee was banged up. He had the Liz Frank in camp. And then in the preseason, really aggravated his injury. And overall, it allowed Jalen Warren, undrafted free agent, to get some carries. He's looked really good. He's looked solid. Like, I like Jalen Warren a lot. And, you know, <laughs> wow. I I did not whatsoever, whatsoever, see his move that he made to be able to score on that touchdown run. I, I did not see it coming. He was absolutely phenomenal. He just blew by all the defenders. He he was he was so good. I, I couldn't believe my eyes. Here's how ball pumping and he called it. Jalen Warren with a nice block by Deontay Johnson. Warren turned it on a speed, trying to get away from the defense. Poyer can't get him. 63 yards on the run by Jalen Warren. What a play right there. What a block. 63 yards, and he just ran by everybody. And this is again. Buffalo, first-team defense. He got a great block on the outside, far side of the field by Deontay Johnson. That that really helped to spring him. But Jalen Warren, who's known as a bruiser, a bigger back, even though he's shorter in stature height-wise, Jalen Warren is the power guy. I mean, Najee Harris is too, but you expect Jalen Warren, other than instead of Najee Harris, to be the guy who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield, that you expect Najee to be the one that's going to have the burst of speed to be able to make long runs, and Warren's going to be able to get some tougher yards. Not that Najee can't, but that that's more so Warren's role. And I was, my jaw dropped. I would want to say speechless, but I was very surprised. I was very happily shocked by how well Jalen Warren ran the football on that touchdown. I mean, he was, it's hard to really fathomly explain how great of a run that was, and the blocking was there, but it's just how he hit the hole, the vision that he had, and the burst of speed to be able to get past the entire secondary, who could have closed him in. If that was Najee Harris, he does not score. I don't think he does. Now, Najee's only had two carries in the preseason. There is clearly a plan in place by the Steelers, by Mike Tomlin, by Matt Canada, and Najee Harris, working in conjunction with Najee Harris, that he is not going to get many carries in the preseason. I'm okay with that. They learned their lesson from last year where he got too many carries, he got hurt, and then he was a shell of himself for the first half of the year. Now, I also think that we should not discredit Najee Harris and what he is. Everybody just wants to whisk him away because... Jalen Warren looked so great in the preseason on a couple of different carries. Warren has had a good camp. All that is true. And all that can be true and coincide with the fact that Najee Harris, even though I discredited a lot, but he did make the Pro Bowl his rookie year. He battled injuries last year. And when the Steelers were going on their run to try to clinch a wild card spot at the very end of the season last year, yeah, Najee Harris was a big reason why. He was a big catalyst to that. And it sparks the questions from people. This is why you don't draft a running back in the first round. Okay, I can get behind that. But Najee Harris is on this team potentially for the next three seasons. 
this year, next year, and then a potential fifth-year option. I don't think that there's any reason why, and you're saying it's Jalen Warren or Najee Harris, why can't it be both? Why can't Najee Harris take 60% of the snaps and Jalen Warren take 40% of the snaps? A lot of the arguments from people is that Jalen Warren needs to be the number one guy. He needs to take all the snaps from Najee Harris. No. Why not give him, because Jalen Warren is closing the gap. Why not give Warren 40% of the snaps? Why not give him 15 carries? Let him be the third down back. Work with him out of the backfield. Or just have Najee be the third down back. Or work Warren more so early on in the game. Keep Najee fresh. And have him be the guy that you go to late in the game when you're trying to close it out. That's kind of something like the Steelers did with fast Willie Parker and Jerome Bettis. Now, Najee Harris and Jerome Bettis is a very tough comparison to make because Jerome Bettis is a Hall of Famer. And Willie Parker is not Jalen Warren. Parker's a lot faster than Warren, but after seeing that touchdown run, I don't know. Matt Canada, who honestly is the biggest winner out of anybody, Jalen Warren, Kenny Pickett, Joey Porter Jr. Of anybody, Matt Canada is the biggest winner here in all of the preseason. Here's what he had to say about the running backs. Najee's our one. There's no doubt about that. And I mean, I think we're we're protecting him to get him to that point. I would never want to, you guys know, we're never going to lock ourselves into any kind of what it's going to be or how it's going to go. I don't think that's fair to anybody. Jalen Warren needs Najee Harris, and Najee Harris needs Jalen Warren. One for health-wise. Two... They can just help to spell each other, learn off of each other. And clearly, Najee Harris is not very excited that carries will be taken away from him because he sees how the running back market is right now. He wants his money. He knows the type of player that he is, former first-round pick, how great he was at Alabama. And I think people forget about how great Harris was at Bama with the Crimson Tide. He was a can't-miss running back. He was the top guy to the point where I wanted the Steelers to pick him in November of that year. I mean, I was ready for Najee Harris to be a Steeler five months before the actual draft. And I I don't think that people should forget the type of talent that he is and think that he is just this bust of a player where, no, when he played with Ben Roethlisberger, he was very good. And Kenny Pickett continues to emerge. I think Najee Harris is going to be a good running back for this team. Even with all the carries that Jalen Warren's going to get, I think Najee's going to have 1,100 yards. I would not draft him in fantasy because I think Warren is still going to be very active in this offense. I still I think Nodge is going to catch 25 balls. I think he's going to be a player that you can still rely on offensively for this team, especially late in games. And if you utilize these guys correctly, that can be the case. So no, it should not be Jalen Warren or Najee Harris. It should be Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. But Najee should still be the number one guy. I think that yeah, and it's tough because Warren's outperforming him right now. I am this big Najee Harris advocate, but yeah, I would continue to give Jalen Warren more carries. I would keep Najee as the one, but it would be a 1A and 1B situation. Look at how Dallas was using Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. To the point where now Zeke's gone, now in New England, and Tony Pollard is the lead guy after being given the franchise tag. There are so many different organizations that used multiple different running backs. Why not that be the case right now with the Steelers? 
It's tough for Najee Harris, but that's just business. I think he will still get a lot of carries. And I keep saying I think because I think Najee Harris thinks that he's really having his job slip away. When in reality, still in the back of his mind, Mike Tomlin is committed to him. Matt Canada is committed to him. And I understand why. We'll talk a little bit more about it next coming up. Early morning show. 93.7. The- One last thing on this Tuesday. Coordinator was pretty boring with the offense last year. I think they were about 26th in total points last season. Suddenly it feels this offseason like he's trusting Pickett more as he should. And he's allowing him to grow into this role. It feels, at least in these preseason games, like they're opening this thing up a little bit. A little bit more explosiveness. That's probably why we're feeling this energy about the Steelers right now. I think that Canada has as much to do with it as Pickett himself. That's ESPN's Jeff Darlington on what he likes from Matt Canada right now. They're opening up the offense. People are liking what they see. And that's why nationally, there's a lot of respect for the Steelers, for Kenny Pickett, because he's letting Kenny Pickett be Kenny Pickett, which is a great thing. And it's something that if it continues to happen, if you let Calvin Austin run deep down the field and even give him a couple jet sweeps and just not be dumb about it, let Deontay Johnson and George Pickens do their thing, let the stars be the stars and get it out of their own way, Matt Canada. So far, so good. I'm Austin Bechtel, Fan Early Morning Show. The pre-show is next, 9 through 7, The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.